Welcome to the Birth Prep Podcast. I'm Taylor, and I am here to help you prepare your mind, body, and team to best support you during your birth experience. to hang out with you guys today as always, but we're going to chat about something that I've been thinking a lot about because I'm preparing for birth myself. I'm 30 weeks pregnant with baby number five and I am mentally preparing myself for labor. And obviously the main event of labor is the contractions that take place and contractions are rough for me. They get really difficult towards the end and I am trying my best to prepare myself as much as possible so that I am prepared for that day and I can tackle it head on and have the experience that I'm wanting to create. Over the last like two weeks, I've had a couple Braxton Hicks contractions, like just where my stomach is cramping and stuff. So I want to chat about that too, how to know the difference and all that stuff. So we're going to dive into this episode. We're learning all the things about contractions that I know and can share with you. I'm not going to be able to tell you what contractions are going to feel like in your body, but I can tell you what they're going to feel like in mine, how they actually work so that you can maybe get a better idea of what they might feel like in yours. I'm also going to teach you guys how to time your contractions properly so that you can get an accurate result for the 511 rule if that's something that you're implementing in your birth experience. Um, We'll chat about that too. I know we've chatted about it before, but we'll cover it again and talk to you guys about when it's time to seek your medical care or at least the golden standard for it. You can seek medical care at any point in time. That is totally your decision. Um, But this is what is taught by most doctors and midwives is when to call them or when to go be seen. So let's chat about what a contraction actually is. True labor contractions are a rhythmic tightening and relaxing of your uterus that occur during your childbirth experience. These contractions are what help push baby from the uterus down the birth canal and ultimately leading to the delivery of your baby. Contractions can be mild and manageable or intense and painful depending on your pain tolerance, your mindset that day, the body that you have, the position of your baby, the stage of your labor. So just depends. I don't know what you're going to experience. You might have previous experience. It might be very similar to that. Or it might be entirely different. Some things that can affect your contractions would be different things that are implemented in your birth experience, like Pitocin or Epidural. They're going to shift how you're feeling those contractions in your body. So during your contraction, your contraction isn't just like this thing that starts and stops. It kind of like goes up the mountain and gets to a peak, which is usually the hardest part of the contraction. Your uterus is very tight at that point, hard to the touch. And then you go slowly down the mountain, which is when your uterus relaxes and becomes soft again. And then you get that break in between contractions. Um, That going down the mountain is like the recovery period. So it gets easier after you hit that peak. So as long as you can make it to the peak, through the peak, and then you start going down and then you get to do it all over again, usually in just a few minutes or a minute towards the end. Um, and it can be a struggle. It can be difficult, but you can absolutely do it. Your body was made for this. Contractions usually start out very mild in the beginning of your labor and they become stronger and closer together as labor progresses. So contractions are usually measured in terms of their duration, their intensity, and their frequency. And the intensity is going to vary woman to woman, so we're not really going to chat about that, but we'll chat about the duration and frequency really quick. 
The duration refers to how long each contraction lasts, so they're going to get longer and longer as your labor progresses. And then the frequency refers to how often the contractions occur, so they're going to get closer and closer together. Labor has three different stages. You have early labor, active labor, and transition labor, and then the birth of your baby. The duration and the intensity of these different phases of labor will totally depend on you and your body and your baby and all the different things. Um, so I can't really give you an idea of that. Personally, for me, early labor is pretty easy. I can usually keep doing whatever I'm doing. I started laboring last time at work and came home, cleaned the house, got the kids ready to go to grandma's house, um, prepared my birthing bed you know, all the different things. And I didn't have to stop too often. Sometimes I did if I was having a particularly painful one. Um, but they're not too bad in the beginning. Then when I hit active labor is when I really start focusing on things. I start timing things for a little bit just to kind of see what's going on. And that's usually when my husband is by my side, helping me with different labor positions, giving me some hip squeezes and support in different ways. This is kind of where things start to get real for me. So I start to make the different phone calls that I need to make to get people to my birth space and all that kind of stuff. This is the phase where most people would experience the 511 thing, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. But um, that's usually when people start to seek their medical care is during the active phase of labor. And then transition phase, I like to always say that I'm in like transition la-la land because I'm just like very focused, very inward. My body is doing a lot of work and it's very difficult for me. This is when things get really painful and difficult, but it's also when I remind myself that my baby is almost here. Last time I was in the birthing tub for this phase of labor and that was really helpful. The warm water was amazing. And having my husband in there with me was really helpful. He was able to do hip squeezes for me and support me in different ways. I think this next time I'm going to try to move around more during my transitional phase if I'm able to. Um, I think that will be helpful to keep things moving and to keep my body progressing quickly. My last labor was really long and I'm hoping for a shorter experience this time, but we shall see. And as we've all heard the commercial, a body in motion stays in motion. And it's true. <laughs> so if you keep things moving around, you're switching positions often, you're changing up things, um, you're going to keep things progressing in your body much faster than you would just laying in a bed or sitting in the birthing tub or whatever. Last time we chatted about seven different labor coping techniques. So if you need like some quote unquote natural pain management um, there's some good stuff in there if you want to check that out, but you can also manage your contractions with pain medication if you would like to. The options that are available to you will depend on your provider, your birthplace, what your insurance covers, what you're willing and able to pay out of pocket for, all the things. The most common of the options is obviously the epidural. Um, there's also IV pain medication, uh, laughing gas. There's a bunch of different options. So ask your provider what's available to you. Even if you're planning an unmedicated birth experience, educate yourself on the different options in case things are not what you expect and things get more extreme than you think they're going to and you can't handle it. Make sure you're educated on those things so you're not making a fast and rash decision. Um, it's coming from an informed place instead of a desperate, I think this is the best one kind of vibe. Um, so make sure you're doing that. Let's chat about the difference between a real contraction and a Braxton Hicks contraction. Like how do you know if this is actually going to lead to labor? We already talked heavily about what real contractions are. So they have a rhythm, they get closer together, they get longer, they get more intense. 
Braxton Hicks contractions, however, usually don't have any rhythm to them. There's no real frequency. There's no getting closer together. There's none of that. It's kind of very random. But you can totally have like an hour where you're like, dang, is this is this labor? What's going on here? For a lot of women, Braxton Hicks contractions will subside after they've changed positions or have done something to relax themselves, like taking a shower or a bath or something of that sort. For me, if I just go lay down and rest, the cramping subsides. It's like I'm doing too much and my uterus is like, can you, can you not? <laughs> Braxton Hicks contractions don't really have a clear beginning or end, so they're kind of difficult to time, which we'll talk about timing in just a minute. Let's chat about the 511 rule. That is like the quote unquote standard for seeking your medical care. So going to the hospital or calling your midwife to your home, going to the birth center, whatever. Um, but that's not, you know, pregnancy and labor and all that stuff is not a one size fits all situation. So it might not apply to you, but it does apply to most people, which is why it's the standard. The five is for five minutes apart. So when your contractions are five minutes apart from the beginning of the first contraction to the beginning of the next contraction. So that's how we're timing them. And then one minute long. So the contraction is actually lasting a minute long and that is happening or been happening for about one hour. Then you would go seek some care. Again, it doesn't work for everybody. With my last baby, I was at that 511 rule the night before I gave birth and my contractions kind of stopped when I decided that I was going to go to sleep. Not that they stopped, but I was able to rest at least. They weren't very intense and I knew that I wasn't at that point where I needed to call my midwife. It would have been a waste of everybody's time. So I personally waited until things were more intense and I was more so at that like 411 rule, which is kind of like a rule that you can follow. But for some people that's too late and blah, blah, blah. So depending on what your provider tells you, you can go with that, whatever you feel most comfortable with. But if you want to seek medical care, like this is just a disclaimer out there. If you want to seek medical care before you get to that point, it's not a problem. You are absolutely able to do that. Don't feel like you have to wait for this certain rule because it doesn't fit for everybody. If you feel like things are progressing very quickly, go seek care. The worst thing that's going to happen if you're too early, they're going to send you home or leave your birth space if you're already home. Most of us use apps nowadays because that's just what's easiest, <laughs> you know, but for timing contractions, you would write the time of the beginning of the first contraction. You would time how long it is, note that time, and then you would write the time the next one begins and how long. And then like that time between the beginning of the first and the beginning of the next is that time between contractions. So you're not timing from the end of one to the beginning of another. That's not like that's your rest period. But you want to count the rest period and the contraction in the in-between. That, that would be the in-between quote unquote time. So if your contraction starts at 2.35, it lasts until 2.36 and then your next one is beginning at 2.40, so four minutes later after it ends, that would be a five minutes between contractions, 2.35 to 2.40. I hope that makes sense. Again, there's lots of apps, there's lots of resources out there. If you want to use those, you can absolutely do that. We briefly talked about this, but I like to envision the contraction like going up the mountain. So we're starting at the bottom of the mountain, and then like things are starting to go. We're getting a little more intense. We're going, going, going. We're hitting the peak. That's the hardest part of the contraction. And then we're going to start coming down when your uterus is going to start softening. So we're going down the mountain, and then we're releasing that contraction. So the beginning of the mountain and the end of the mountain is that contraction time. And then things are usually pretty chill during your rest point. And that rest point will get smaller and smaller and smaller the more you progress. Um, for me personally, I'm like, the contractions are lasting like a minute and a half at the end. And like the rest time is like a minute, minute and a half. So it gets a little intense, but you can do it. 
practice your mindset work, make sure you have a clear plan for your pain management strategy. If you're implementing a medication, if you just want to have some tools in your tool belt that day, like different things that you can try to help relieve pain. If you need some coping techniques, I did a whole podcast about seven different ones that you can try if that's something you want to implement. And just remember that you are made for this and your body and your baby know what to do. Keeping your mindset in check during that phase of labor where things are really intense is life-changing. I promise you, I have lived both sides of the, (laughs) both sides of the coin, right? Did I tell you how they feel yet? I don't think I did. Let me tell you how they feel for me personally to kind of help you know what to expect. Just a reminder that your uterus is much larger than it usually is when you're not pregnant. Your uterus is about the size of your fist when you're not pregnant, and it's like larger than a watermelon when you are, right? For most of us, our uterus is going to end, the top of our uterus is going to be right up under our boobs, and then it's going to obviously go down into our pelvis as well. So when I say that things start out feeling like a menstrual cramp, just know that it's not going to be focused inside of your pelvis like it usually is because your uterus is so much larger. Women will feel tightening towards the top because we want to push baby down into the birth canal, you know, so your uterus is doing a lot of work up top and that kind of surprises a lot of women um, because they think they're going to feel it down more down low, you know, but that top part might be the first thing for you to start feeling tightening. Um, So if that's what you're experiencing, that might be some contractions beginning. If you feel like you're experiencing that tightening, that menstrual cramp vibe, feel with your fingers, your actual stomach, And during that moment and see if it's getting hard, your stomach is going to probably be firm to the touch. And then during that rest time between contractions, it's going to feel softer. So see if that's something that you're experiencing. If you're like, are these contractions like what's going on here, especially in the beginning, like when you don't really know and they're not painful per se quite yet, or even uncomfortable really. And you're just like, hmm, there's some weird stuff going on. Like, do I need to go to the bathroom? Like what's going on? And you can kind of feel that tightening happening on the outside. If you are opting to time your contractions during your labor experience, which is recommended by most providers, um, as soon as you start like recognizing like, oh, this is starting, right? Then you would start the timer and then you're kind of like, oh, okay, I think it's over now. It's relaxing. And that'll get more defined as you move on. But when that, when you have a clear beginning and ending, that's around the time that you'd want to start timing those contractions. If it's Braxton Hicks or the beginning of labor, they can be pretty sporadic and timing them is kind of really difficult, especially when they don't have any real clear beginning or end. With my last baby, which was my only real like non-induction experience, my first baby, I got a membrane sweep and I did labor at home and things like that. And it was quote unquote natural, but a membrane sweep is a form of induction. So it wasn't truly my body doing things on its own. It had a little help. But with my last baby, the first thing that happened was contractions and not even really contractions. It was like a contraction that wouldn't release. Like I felt very crampy and for a while I was at work, I was sitting, I was walking around. I couldn't get comfortable. Um, it wasn't painful, but I was definitely uncomfortable and it felt like I had to go to the bathroom and a girl did, right? My body was clearing out and I didn't know it until like after the fact and you kind of like look back and you're like, wow, that's crazy. My body was literally preparing me for birth and doing all the things that it needed to do. And it was just amazing to see my body actually do that because it had been something that I'd never had experienced before. So it was kind of crazy to see how things unfolded naturally. So once my body kind of cleared out the contractions kind of subsided a little bit. They were like very, very mild. 
um, not really any rhyme or reason to them. I started cleaning my house. I was like, okay, well, labor's probably coming soon kind of deal. Uh, called my mom, said, hey, probably time to come get these kiddos from the house. I think baby might be coming today or tomorrow. It was like early afternoon. So I was like thinking like maybe late tonight kind of deal. So I would need kids out of the house, obviously. Well, that's my chosen preference. You can have your kids at home. It's not a problem. Um, but they were my childcare and I was kind of gearing everybody towards the big day and like making sure everybody knew I texted my midwife. I'm like, Hey, here's what I'm experiencing. Just a heads up. You might be getting a phone call from me at some point tonight or in the morning. Um, so it was interesting seeing all of that unfold by evening time. I was having pretty regular contractions. I was able to time them. I was keeping up with the midwife. My mom had come and gotten the kiddos. We had prepared the home, the birth bed, all the different things that we needed to do last minute cleaning, all that stuff, ate some dinner, um, just tried to relax and around, I don't know, 10 o'clock ish. I decided that I was going to go to sleep. Cause I'm like, I don't want to be up all night doing this. Like I, if I can lay down and rest, I'm going to do it. When I decided to lay down, my contractions got a lot less intense and I was able to sleep for a while. I slept until morning on and off. Obviously. I mean, I woke up a thousand times to pee typical nine month pregnant things, you know, but I wasn't feeling those contractions as intensely and as strongly. Had I not laid down, I might've kept progressing. Um, a body in motion stays in motion. I was up moving, doing a lot of things. I was cleaning, I was preparing things. So my body was definitely heading that way, but I didn't feel like it was time yet. And I really didn't want to push things and not be rested for it. I wanted my body to have their best chance, right? <laughs> because before I went to bed, I was at that technically 511 rule. My contractions were about five minutes apart. They were about 45 seconds to a minute long and they were trucking along, right? So I was glad. I was very grateful that I took the rest that I needed. Did things take longer than they needed to? Possibly, but I don't know that. And I'm glad that I took the rest because my body labored the entire next day and I didn't have baby until four, almost 4.30, I think. I don't honestly remember. There's a lot of times to keep track of with these kiddos. <laughs> um, but it was a good experience personally. The contractions definitely got more intense in the morning when I woke up and started moving again. They started getting, you know, ramping right back up. I was truly amazed at my body during my experience last time, and I am looking forward to watching her do what she does best again very soon. I hope this was helpful for you. I definitely remember googling what a contraction feels like is this a contraction blah blah blah. all the things when I had my first baby I was calling my mom I said this is what I'm experiencing like what is this and she's like oh it sounds like contractions um I had actually left work the day before with cramping and then went home settled down you know I had my membrane sweep earlier that day and stuff and then the next day I woke up and contractions started pretty much when I got moving and, and going in the morning. Rocked around the neighborhood, did all the things, kept my body moving, hanging out on the yoga ball. And once we got to that 511 rule, then we went to the hospital with her. As always, this was a pleasure. I'm so glad I got to hang out with you guys today. Before I sign off, I was going to quickly tell you guys about a class that I have coming, and I'm really excited about it. It is something that I have been wanting to do for months, and it's finally coming to fruition, and I would love to have you if it's something that you're interested in. 
I'm planning on offering at least one class per month, depending on my availability. I have a baby coming, so I don't know what that's going to look like coming up here soon. I would love to do one every two to three weeks or something, um, but life, you know, life is crazy. So I do have a wait list. If you're interested in it, I'm going to put that in the show notes. This class is called the Birth Prep Experience. And if you came to my Birth Prep Power Hour or watched the replay, it's kind of like that, but on steroids. So we're going to spend a whole day together. We're going to spend two hours in the morning talking about all all the different information that you need to prepare for your birth. Then we'll have an hour long break. You can grab some food, relax, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then we'll hop back on Zoom and spend another two hours together chatting. This is where we'll do all the birth prep coaching and stuff. I am really limited on the one-on-one space right now. And I know that's also not accessible for everybody. It's a more expensive offer. So I wanted to make something that was more accessible and that could be a, gr- a group vibe, which I think is really beneficial, honestly. I am saying a lot of the same things to my one-on-one clients, Um, so I know that being in a group setting and hearing other women struggle with the same things, having the similar questions, even hearing their point of view, um, all the different things, I think it's going to be really beneficial and a fun space to prepare for your birth. So the first class for that is on the 17th, and it's limited to 10 women. So if you're interested, hop on the waitlist. I'll be sending you guys information very soon. This is an offer that I want to continue to offer throughout the year because I think that this is everything that a birth prep class should be but isn't. Like the birth prep class and like educating yourself on the female body and all that stuff is great. And I love that and it's beneficial and it serves a purpose. But there are things that they are totally missing and there are key things that are being missed. And that's why I'm doing this work. That is why I started this podcast. That is why I am on TikTok. That is why I have the offers that I do because I was let down in my birth education and I was not properly prepared before I had my kids. Understanding this information was life-changing for me personally. I know it might not be life-changing for you. You might not go start a whole business centered around it. You might not decide to have double the kids you were already planning on, all that stuff like I did, (laughs) and that's totally fine. That does not have to be your experience. But actually enjoying and creating a desired birth experience for yourself is definitely totally worth it. Um, My first birth was really traumatic, and my two births following that weren't much better. And that shouldn't be the case. And you don't deserve that. Unfortunately, there is no practice round for birth. So you need to be as prepared as you possibly can be. And I think the tools and the offers that I'm offering are going to help you do that. Okay, that's enough of that. If you're interested, go hop on the wait list. I just wanted to thank you guys really quick for being here. I appreciate it. I feel like I'm talking to nobody when I record these podcasts, but a couple of you have reached out and said, I'm really enjoying them. I really love them, blah, blah, blah. And I'm glad you guys are listening. So I appreciate it. And if you ever want to reach out, let me know what you think. If you ever have any episode ideas, anything like that, if you ever want to leave a review, blah, 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 all the things, I would love to hear from you. I'm going to drop my Instagram and my TikTok inside of the show notes for you too. If you ever want to reach out, say hello. You can DM me on Instagram. That's probably the easiest place to get a hold of me, or you can obviously email me too. If you're on my email list, you have my email address. It's taylor at taylorstreasures.us. And I try to respond to every single email that comes in. I've got a lot of people on my email list, but I try my best to get back to each and every one of you. I really appreciate feedback and questions and all of the different things. So don't ever be afraid to reach out. That's all. Okay. I will let you guys go. I know you guys are busy, busy people. And I try to keep these episodes short. I like short podcasts. I hope you do too. And I'll talk to you guys soon. See ya.